What you can do is you can actually start to stimulate brain waves using sound waves at the same number of hertz. This conversation is mind-blowing to me. I'm talking with Tali Rowland from Sonessence all about what she calls midi tones. I have been practicing and I can now say it, but the other name for these is binaural beats. You may have heard of them, but it's music that balances the frequency in our brain and Tali creates this beautiful music that calms us and moves us into a deeper state very, very quickly. As part of that conversation, we're talking about neuroplasticity, brain waves, and so many other geeky concepts. But what I love about Tali is she makes it so understandable and approachable. And she's the first person that's really been able to make me see a completely direct link between what is happening when we meditate in our brain and how it has the impact of calming us and making us happier humans in our waking states. But that's really the second half of our conversation. So if you want to jump to the geeky part, head to halfway through. And the first part is this amazing discussion about Tali's journey. And it's a journey about following your heart and finding your way to your path and how that's not always simple, straightforward or easy and that most of us take detours in life but that doesn't necessarily mean we've gone the wrong way. I found her story inspirational and I was so engrossed with this conversation with Tali that I even forgot to ask her my standard questions. There's a first time for everything. You can find Tali over at her website, which is sonessence.com. Hit the show notes to have a look and stay tuned to hear a sneak peek of my favorite track from hers that I refer to as simply angelic. I'm pretty sure it's what heaven sounds like. Enjoy this one. I had so much fun recording it with her. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Tali, thank you for being on Here to Thrive. I'm so excited to talk to you because I have secretly been following you for a couple of years since as long oh. as I started my podcast and have had your meditations. So it feels like a little bit of a treat to finally be talking to you and getting to ask you all of the questions firsthand. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kate. It's such a pleasure to be here. I read something today actually where someone had said, you don't know the impact you're having and all the people that are silently watching you. And I feel a little bit like that's what I've been doing with Tally, like you wouldn't have known my name, but I knew yours. 
that's so great. I really love that. Thank you. Right. In, a, in a good way, not a stalkerish way, I should say. No, no, it's it's bless the lurkers. That's that's what I say. It's it's really wonderful to know that you're not just kind of shouting into the void and that people are actually listening. I was very grateful to find you and your music. And I was saying to you just earlier, it was on another podcast, which is great. I should give it a shout out, actually, people. Another podcast from an Australian woman called Soul Sister Circle. So if you're into the soul stuff, go and check that out because this is where I originally found Tali. You are the creator of Metatones, which we're going to talk a whole heap about later in the podcast. But before we jump into the science of music, I want to know a little bit about you. Were you always on this path? Have you always been in the music field or was this a shift in your career? Oh, gosh, that's such a great question. I guess the answer is kind of both. I've definitely always, always been into music. You know, I say I was a music brat from a really, really young age. I started singing in choirs when I was five and I learned to play the flute when I was 10. And then when I was 16, I picked up the guitar and, of course, being an angsty teenager, you know, formed all these bands and played and performed and wrote music. And then I went to university and I actually did a Bachelor of Music at uni and I I absolutely adored it. It's all I ever wanted to do my whole life. You know, my mum was talking to me uh, when I finished high school and was like, you know, what happens if you don't get into the course of your choice and you don't get to do music? And I said, well, I said, I'll just play in a band then. (laughs) Like such a, such a free spirited 16 year old, um, well, 18 year old by that stage. I just love the way you were like, no, music is part of my future, whether someone gives me permission or not. Yeah, pretty much. And I just said to her, I'll be happy if I can play in a band for the rest of my life. Like that's all I want to do. So yeah, definitely being able to study music really helped me on my career path. I discovered electronic music when I was at university and I discovered ambient electronic music and was really, really captivated by it. And for some reason, it was always the music that I was drawn to writing. I sort of dabbled in a little bit of the heavier stuff, but it wasn't my zone of genius. I didn't love doing it. I really, really loved writing beautiful, emotive, ambient music. But then when I graduated uni, I was a little bit lost and I sort of floundered around for a bit. And I actually started a business with an old business partner and we started writing music together. And because both of us had sort of struggled with mental health and feelings of, you know, anxiety and being really sensitive people, we were really interested in the power of music to heal, especially to calm. And so we started writing ambient music together and we were really interested in how music could help create alpha brainwaves, which are the brainwaves that you produce when you're nice and chilled out. And we were actually contacted by a psychologist and she said, I love your music. I reckon if you could figure out how to make these things called binaural beats, then your the power of your music is going to just be incredible. 
it's just going to enhance your music so, so well. And so we worked with her for about a year to research and develop a way of creating these things, binaural beats, which I now call meditones because they're tones that help you meditate. And it's much easier to describe them to people than the scientific term, which is a bit strange and it sounds like people are like, oh, is it a drum beat? What? I don't get it. So that was all going fine. But then I hit my satin return. <laughs> oh, can we go there? I want to know more. So you are, have this business partner. You've done all this research. You're trying yeah. your damnedest to make this uh-huh. perfect music that is going mm-hmm. to calm the brain. And then you hit mm-hmm. your satin return. So what happened? Yeah, so um, my business partner and I had been together for about eight years by this stage. And I had still worked a lot of part-time jobs. I had heaps of side hustles and there was just a lot of differences of opinion about where we should take the business, how we were going to make the business flourish. And all of a sudden, I just gotten to this point where I questioned every single life decision I had ever made. I do feel like sometimes when we are sold the belief of living our purpose, that somewhere we think it's supposed to just be a walk in the park. And most people I've spoken to, there's there's some form of struggle through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, just because you decide to follow your bliss, it doesn't mean it's going to be blissful every step of the way. Life doesn't just get to be easy for me. Like how, how insane is that? That's so egotistical for me to think that I want to do this thing and I want to make this impact and I'm being of service, so it should just be easy for me. And, you know, like, sure, things have been miraculous in my life and there have been times of incredible flow, but if you never struggle, you never build resilience. And I think resilience is an incredible, incredible tool to have in your toolkit to be able to overcome the obstacles and challenges and losses that you face in life. So back to the Saturn return, for those of us who don't know a whole heap about (laughs) the astrological Mm. uh, cycles, can you tell us about Mm -hmm. what a Saturn return actually means? Yeah, of course. So Saturn return is kind of like a quarter life crisis. It hits between the ages of about 26 to 29. That's sort of like you, you kind of, you're losing your, like I don't want to say youth, but you're moving into a new phase of life. And so you're kind of leaving your your crazy teens behind and you're leaving sort of behind this young adult phase and you're moving into like the next phase of adulthood. But that transition can bring up a lot of chaos. It brings up what a lot of people call the dark night of the soul, which is where you feel, you know, absolutely crushed by self-doubt and a lack of clarity and a lack of direction and it can be deeply deeply painful so what did you do with your set return I quit music oh my gosh yeah. so you were just like that's it yeah I've made yeah. choices that I no longer feel are good and I'm out yeah yeah and I handed the business over to my business partner and I exited stage left and I went and I got a corporate job So what did you do in the corporate space? (laughs) 
So I, for a few years, I was an environmental project manager. Do you know what I love so- is I open this com- <laughs> I open this conversation with. So was music always your path, or was there a shift? And it's like, well, music was always my path, but I took a detour and then came back. Oh yeah, massive detour. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I I laughed when you asked that question. I was like, well, it's kind of both. Yeah, where do we go here? So sorry, you're an environmental what? Project manager. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so I'd started out doing admin for um, an energy company and I moved into uh, helping the environmental manager uh, run different environmental initiatives like rehabilitation programs, um, education programs for the local community, that sort of thing. And everything was fine with a little asterisk. <laughs> and the asterisk involved a lot of drinking. <laughs> and I had a good life. Like I'm not I definitely, went, I definitely went through an existential crisis because when I left music, I was like, who am I without music? I have literally no idea. My whole life I have been this on a, on a train track that has just been music. Well, that's what it felt like to me. And now all of a sudden I'm drifting and I'm earning money and the job is great and my partner's great and I have a great house and everything is fine. And it's fine. It's just fine. fine. <laughs> nothing then, is necessarily wrong, but nothing mm-hmm. was massively right either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then I was going on some sort of personal healing journeys of my own to sort of help heal some eating disorders that I had and, you know, my anxiety and and I was really on a self-love journey. That's really what that was. And I kind of hit this point in my career where I realized that I could stay in this company for the rest of my life. I, I honestly could. That you, There were people who worked at this company for 25 years and it would be fine, <laughs> you know. But I, I felt this longing and this calling again to be of service, to make an impact, to make a difference. And so I was like, well, I can't make any money doing music, so I'm not going back to that. So what else can I do to help people? I was like, I know. I'll help people go on the same journey that I've been on around self-love and I'll become a personal trainer and I'll help people love their bodies. Wow. This is so fascinating, Tali. (laughs) Yeah, so then I became a personal trainer and um, and I started a blog called The Attitude Revolution, Change Your Mind About Your Body. And it was all about attitude and self-love and treating your body with kindness and respect and good nutrition and um, healthy exercise habits instead of, you know, punishing yourself with exercise, all of these things. Uh, and, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And so then I decided that I wanted to branch out and I wanted to be able to have the same impact that I had with my local clients in the gyms that I was working at. I wanted to be able to take that to the world. And this was around the time. So this was about, oh gosh, like 
2011, mm-hmm. like just as blogs were like starting to become really, really popular and the online world was sort of starting to really take off and Marie Folio's B school was taking off and like not that I ever, ever did her program, but those sorts of things were sort of all happening. And I met a very dear friend of mine uh, through the gym that I worked at and I was like, I've got this blog and she's like, I've got a blog and we became best friends. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so I was wanting to start my coaching practice. So I just put a little bit of a call out to my community and said, you know, do do some people want to like have some free coaching? I just want to see like, you know, if I can do this online, how it will work. And so a few people put up their hands. And so we were coaching away. And this idea had been brewing in the back of my mind for a while And one day with one of my clients, I said, oh, I don't know if you know this, but I used to be a musician. And she was like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I I used to write meditation music. And I was wondering how you would feel if I wrote a meditation track for you. And like it would be in, you know, your personal meditation track. Oh, my gosh, how cool is that right there? (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, we can, you know, we can take your affirmations and I'll record it over the music. And she was like, "Um, yes, please. And just like meeting a long-lost friend, I just jumped onto the computer and that whole time, that whole time that I was working corporate, I never really got rid of anything in my studio I still held on to all of that musical equipment. It just never got used. And I just switched it all on and I wrote a track and that track is Allied Forces. That is amazing. So you just turned it all back on and you were home. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like... (laughs) I'm like all a little bit emotional just hearing that story. I'm like, how beautiful is it that life just brought you back to your path when the time was right and you'd you'd seen what you needed to see on the road to realize that this was where you belonged. Mm, absolutely. So it was such a homecoming. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned ambient electronic music again can you just like translate that for completely ignorant people like me what is ambient electronic music oh sure so instead of using acoustic instruments like a piano or a guitar or a violin or a flute things like that electronic music is usually produced with a computer with keyboards and synthesizers, things that require electricity to make them work. And then ambient is just the genre. It's a very, very broad genre of music that just really means anything that is peaceful, calm, relaxing, uh, typically, but not always, doesn't have a, a rhythm or a beat. It's very floaty and like I said, it's a very broad genre. And of course, underneath the underneath the sort of umbrella of ambient music, there's lots of subgenres. But um, yeah, typically it's very calm music. Perfect. Now I totally yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. And if you were blogging and personal training in 2011, how mm. long ago was it that you were originally trying to 
working with your business partner and creating these, I can't even say the words. So I'm so glad you have renamed them okay. Metatones because I can't even say binaural or whatever. <laughs> See, can't even say <laughs> it. <laughs> so thank you for renaming it Metatones. But when was the first project that you were working in that in your timeline? Oh my gosh, we started working together in 2001. That is amazing. So this is a full 10-year journey. So that <laughs> turns to 50. So when do you come back and start writing this meditation music for your client? Yeah, that so that would have been uh, about 20 12, 2013. See, I'm so nosy, but I'm just so fascinated by that. Yeah. It was that yeah. full period of yeah. literally being just out in your own wilderness before coming back. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you make your first meditation album. And then I feel like when I listened to Soul Sister Circle, you had mm -hmm. been overseas somewhere amazing yes. doing something. So can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I was doing the Attitude Revolution and I'd started writing music again and just kind of like through connections I'd met Tara Bliss and Susanna Frioni and Yvette Luciano and Yvette had put on an event uh, like a meditation event and just I was like oh I've kind of been dabbling in this music um how would you feel if I sang at the event instead of doing guided meditation she was like um sure that would be amazing <laughs> And so I borrowed my friend's looper pedal and I, I made this little live performance of the track Allied Forces. And it, it was such a funny experience because the look Tara shot me was just of pure shock because she'd already heard this track. And afterwards she came and she's like, I didn't know that was you singing. I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my goodness, it's it's you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you thought it was, but it's me. And a whole bunch of people said, where can I find that track? And I was like, oh, well, I, um, I guess I could just, like, put it up on the Attitude Revolution. And people were like, yes, please. So I was like, oh, okay. Now, cue me working in my business for the next sort of six to 12 months, getting really frustrated that I can't transition out of my job doing full-time coaching because I couldn't get any paid clients. And yet <laughs> people were buying my music without me barely having to do a thing. <laughs> this, I, I had this conversation with someone recently about how I love when the universe literally basically locks doors in front of you and is like, you can slam your head against that one all you like, sweet pea. It's not opening. Exactly. There's a perfectly fine door I have for you right over here. Just just step to the left. Just 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 a little bit to the left and you'll be sweet. <laughs> so you're fighting against the fact that coaching just doesn't seem to be taking hold for you, but then people are like, can you just load this somewhere so I can buy it, please? Exactly, exactly. And I'm getting so cranky that no one is hiring me and I can't quit my job and become a full-time coach. And it still hasn't dawned on me yet that actually this is what the universe wants me to do. 
So then uh, 2013 hits and it's it's just a terrible year and my partner and I of um, 12 years break up and we get divorced and it's is exactly as awful as, as uh, divorces are. Yeah, it's, it's all you uh, expect in terms of awfulness. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I'm completely devastated and I'm, I've moved back in with my parents and I go on a mastermind retreat uh, with some of my best entrepreneurial friends and in this retreat the beautiful Helen Thomas from The Little Sage takes us through a meditation to meet the soul of our business and I realise that it's time for me to let go of the attitude revolution and I have no idea what that is going to look like but I know that it's time to close her down and there's this little seed of an idea that is sort of percolating about, you know, maybe I could like write music and people would buy the albums, but also maybe I could like write music for other like wellness entrepreneurs and soulpreneurs who want their own music for their guided meditations. And every single person that I told that idea to was just like oh my god yes you must do it that's amazing and so I went into my little cave and that was so that was 2014 and literally for nine months I basically gestated this idea which was birthed into Son Essence and in the middle of all of this of of channeling all of the divine guidance for what Sonescence needed to be and going through the, the quagmire of the divorce, randomly I got this message, text message from um, a good friend of mine and it just started with the words silence, awareness, existence. And it said expressions of interest are called for people wanting to attend a an artist's retreat in Finland in the winter of 2014-2015. And I was like, what is this magic? Right? You're like, I think God just came knocking on my door. <laughs> I know, right? Now, I had, you know, I mean, I love... I love the Nordic countries. I've been obsessed with Iceland since I heard Björk sing when I was 13 years old. I was going to say um, since before everyone else became obsessed because being a New Zealander <laughs> living in the States, it's like everybody is obsessed with New Zealand and Iceland. So you were, you were an original obsessor? Totally. Just original. saying. And, and if you're listening out there, I know you like Iceland and New Zealand people. I know you do. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, just a small tangent. Being having been to both countries, Iceland actually reminds me a lot of New Zealand. I have heard that because it's got yeah. some of the volcanic stuff going on and the mountains and that and glaciers as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and just that pure, unadulterated wilderness. It's so pristine. They're both really pristine countries, um, and, and just majestic. You know, you're just driving of the world. around. Oh, in awe. All right, sorry to um, sorry to just steal steal your no, attention there. So you've always been interested in these countries, and then you get this call basically saying, "If you're interested, there's this awesome thing going on in Finland." Yeah, and so I jump onto the website and I look over it, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I I think I might apply actually." 
And so I jump on and uh, I apply and a few months go past and then I hear back from them and they say, yes. I want to go back to that moment that you're hitting Mm. submit on that application. Mm. Are you thinking like, wow, this is crazy? Like is there an element of fear, of nervousness? What's going through your mind? Yeah, oh gosh. You have to remember too um, that I had never travelled overseas alone before. I was still very heartbroken. I still felt pretty lost. And so hitting submit on that application had this kind of double-edged sword of like pure fear of like, oh, my goodness, what if this actually happens and then I have to travel overseas and how am I going to do it all by myself? And, oh, my God. Um, Also tinged with this other side of like this is pure magic. Mm. Like I couldn't imagine a a more apt artist retreat than what this sounded like. You know, the middle of winter in a beautiful country surrounded by other people who were doing similar kind of art, exploring these themes of, of what existence and silence meant. We actually had days on the retreat where we were silent and we didn't talk to one another and we had no internet access. So it, it really was a sort of magical, terrifying moment. <laughs> I I really just love this part of your story and the fact that there's this terror mixed Mm. with complete excitement (laughs) and ultimately I'm sure just having to have faith, right? 100%. And I think because I'd been so cracked open by the destruction of my old life and I'd, you know, I'd left behind a house, a partner, a business, and I was moving very much like in divine guidance at this point. Um, I, I literally had nothing else to hold on to. And so that faith and that trust was almost like my touchstone. You were correct, right open. I yeah. love it. So I just, I feel like so many people's journeys, when I talk about people really being in this divine space of flow, it Mm. often requires these huge moves of courage, you know, to really step outside what feels Mm. comfortable and Mm. give it a go. And it just sounds like that was really a moment for you when you were heading to Finland. Yeah. Absolutely. And so then, of course, I had a good couple of months to um, let the terror and excitement <laughs> Like, let's just live with these mix of emotions for a bit. Exactly. So the cherry on this Sunday was the fact that I reached out to my community and said, I've got this Kickstarter project. What if I go to Finland and write an album for you? And people totally got behind it. It was incredible. That is so cool. And you did, right? You wrote an album yes. over there. I, in fact, I actually, I wrote two. So uh, I went in the winter and I wrote True North. Um, and it was very, very much, it's very much a um, still, serene, sort of very frozen, uh, you know, alpine, snow on trees, very... Um, beautifully inspired by the Finnish winter. Um, so the album is really reflects that. And then a year later, because Finland had gotten, had so gotten under my skin, 
um, I did another Kickstarter and said, hey, what if I go back in summer and do like a sequel album? And so I did, and that album is called Luminous. Oh, so awesome. And what does Luminous as an album reflect in your mind? Yeah, so it's really about radiance. It's the eternal light of a Nordic summer. It's very gentle. It's very heart-opening. Yeah, it's very luminous. Mm. So cool. So after these two trips to Finland and the Kickstarter projects, you're in business now. Like music Uh is now like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is my life now. (laughs) Yeah, like I found my way home. Thanks, universe, for the nudges. I got here. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. So now I want to ask you, because everyone can find all of those albums and more over on Sony Essence. Yes. But I want to talk now about the sciencey stuff that I geek out on and mm-hmm. was one of the reasons that I was super drawn to you because I realized you're very, very artistic and your music is beyond beautiful. And talking oh, about Tara okay. Bliss, I just need to say, I had a moment like that with you when I was lurking on you, where you had done a Facebook Live and you were singing one of the songs off your album. I think it might have been off mm-hmm. the Howl album. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, she's singing that. (laughs) And I was just mind-blowing because I think that when I had listened to my metatones, the the tracks that I had, they are so mesmerizing and your voice is so beautifully woven into the track that I want to say I didn't even really notice it was a voice, Mm -hmm. but... Mm -hmm. It was just the angelic tone is what I would have described it as. I would have described it as the angelic tone to the track. And then I realized you were singing it and I was like, shit, Tali is the angel. And I was like, if me. So now, like, so when Tara Bliss did that in person, I did that looking at my iPhone going, no way. Like, whoa, she is way next level than I thought. I just want to give you that. So you need to do more Facebook Live so other people can have their Tara Bliss moment too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I absolutely will. That has inspired me for sure. All right. So, but what I loved about you besides the angelic voice, which I learned later, was (laughs) that it's not just the artistry for you. It's not just about making a beautiful sound. Your music has this scientific basis behind it where you talk about hertz and timing and I don't even I, I I've like got in my notes here the hertz thing I want to talk to you about the hertz thing I don't even really know what to ask but should we start with the brainwaves piece and how sure. that there are four different types of brainwaves right mm-hmm. yeah so there's four major brainwave states um beta alpha theta and delta And so you're always producing all of these brainwave types. For example, delta brainwaves um, help your autonomous functions happen. So delta brainwaves is what's responsible for keeping your heart beating and your lungs breathing without you really having to do anything. So you're always producing all of these brainwaves, but you become dominant in a particular state depending on what you're doing. So for example, you and I right now would be dominant in beta 
because we'd be producing more beta brainwaves because we are alert and we're engaged and we are thinking and listening. Um, if we were to sort of start staring out the window and letting our minds wander and just in a nice, calm, relaxed state, we would be producing more alpha brainwaves. Then when we start to go to sleep and we start dreaming, we're going into REM sleep and that's predominantly theta brainwaves. And then when you're just passed out, not dreaming, just stone cold asleep, then you're predominantly producing delta brainwaves. Got yeah. So what kind of brainwave area mm-hmm. are we in when we are meditating? So a lot of Buddhist monks, they found they can very easily go into theta brainwave states. Um, that's the state of very deep meditation. And a lot of the meditones that I produce in my albums help produce theta brainwaves. I work mostly, well, I work entirely in the what I call the calm brainwave states, which is alpha, theta, delta. Uh, the majority of my meditones are theta because it really takes you into that lovely, floaty, deep meditative state. Um, but then you can also use the meditones to stay up in alpha so you don't go too deep and sleepy or you can use the delta meditones to take you into really restful sleep. And so if people look at your albums, do you have what state they kind of are invoking in us with them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, when you go onto the website, you can preview all of the music and each track has a little bit of a description about what the track is about um, and which uh, brainwaves it helps you produce and what those benefits are. That is so Mm. cool. So I want to talk about how you even create music that can Mm -hmm. talk to these brainwaves or whatever it does to these brainwaves. Like I said, I'm not the expert, which is why I'm talking to you. And (laughs) can we talk about the thing I have in my notes, which is the Hertz thing? The Hertz? Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) So just to clarify for people listening, when we say Hertz, we're not talking about pain. Uh, It's Hertz, H-E-R-T-Z. So... Brainwaves are measured in hertz. So when you uh, put a little EEG machine on or like, you know, when you sometimes you see those new fandangled technology things, that little band that goes around your head that they say help you meditate, things like that, or any biofeedback devices that are measuring brain waves, they are measured in hertz, which is essentially cycles per second. So if you imagine a wave on a beach, hertz would be how many times the wave crashes onto the beach per second. So that's how they measure brain waves. Then the cool thing about hertz is sound waves are also measured in hertz or cycles per second. So if you think of a pure sine wave or a pure wave of sound so if you can like you know drag your mind back all the way to like high school algebra and the sine wave is that really lovely perfectly sort of circular wave that just goes up and down and up and down on the chart if you measure that as a sound wave it's measured in hertz as well so what you can do is you can actually start to stimulate brain waves 
using sound waves at the same number of hertz. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it just amazes me. You can Mm -hmm. stimulate the brain waves by using music at the same basically frequency or is frequency in correct use? Frequency is the perfect terminology here. So, for example, in an alpha brainwave state, um, say you were producing brainwaves that uh, were at the frequency of 10 hertz. In order to stimulate those brain waves, you need a sound wave of 10 hertz. But 10 hertz is below the level of human hearing. So this is where meditones get real freaky. What you do is you take two slightly different frequencies of sound, say for example, 440 hertz and 430 hertz. So 440 minus 430 is 10. And you combine them together. When you combine them together, because they're slightly different, they make their own little vibration that is at the frequency of 10 hertz. When you put that into headphones and your left ear is listening to the 430 hertz and the right ear is listening to the 440 hertz, your brain responds by synchronizing itself to those 10 hertz brainwaves. That just... This is where I get super excited because it's mind-blowing to me. I know, right? And when you listen to Meditones, it's not like you're going like, whoa, that sounds weird. It sounds magical and blissful. Mm -hmm. And yet all of this amazingness is going on between our ears. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the, the crazy thing is you can only perceive Meditones' effect with headphones. So they only discovered Meditones in the 70s. It was discovered by a scientist called Dr. Gerald Oster. And it was when they were starting to play around with electronics, synthesizers, and they were trying to understand the brain. And they discovered this incredible audio phenomenon. And they were like, look at this. You can, you can, the brain synchronized, doesn't even use the audio cortex. It doesn't, the brain doesn't process this like normal sound. It processes it completely differently. And the two hemispheres of the brain are working together to create this, this synchronized brainwave. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This has far reaching applications. It is amazing. It, I think mm-hmm. it is absolutely amazing. So mm-hmm. talking about metatones, we've obviously said, and I think this is a really important part to make, that obviously it has to be specific music that is at these frequencies or at these mm-hmm. hertz levels to create mm-hmm. this this brainwave going on thing, mm-hmm. which is why you can't mm-hmm. just chuck in any meditation track and get this effect but then you have to listen to them through headphones, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. So if we don't listen to a metatone on a headphone, we're just listening mm-hmm. to it on a speaker, is the mm. idea that basically both our ears are picking up both frequencies and it... That's exactly right. Right. So That's it, exactly right. Yeah. It no longer works. It no longer works. And the reason for that is, is because we use ears to locate sound in the same way that we use our eyes to perceive distance. So we have two eyes so that we can perceive depth and we have two ears so we can perceive 
how far away a sound is, which direction it's coming from. And so if you're playing the tones on a set of speakers, you can move your head around and the brain is just going to cancel out that effect. As soon as you put the headphones on, you can't move your head and so the brain responds completely differently and starts to synchronize into that frequency. Okay, so what mm-hmm. is the benefit of our brain synchronizing to the frequency? What do we get out of that? Sure, that's such a great question. Firstly, I would say meditones give you instant calm. So it only takes a few minutes for the meditones effect to take place. So you can just pop on your headphones, even if you are wildly strung out, middle of a full-blown panic attack, feeling really anxious, can't sleep on a plane, whatever, you know, whatever's happening, you can put on the headphones and your brain will automatically become calm. That's, I think, the most um, sort of instant uh, benefit from meditones. The long-term benefits of meditones really is the same as a long-term meditation practice. It's just that meditones make it a lot easier especially for people who find it very difficult to meditate. They find it really hard to switch off their minds. Because meditones make it much more effortless, you can get to those deep states of meditation which bring you resilience, inner peace, feeling refreshed, feeling connected, all of those beautiful things. And the reason for that is the more you use them, the more likely your brain is going to choose relaxed neural pathways and relaxed responses to stress. I think the way that you described neuroplasticity in mm-hmm. your ebook, so Tali has an ebook over at mm-hmm. Son Essence, is that where people can yeah. download it that explains all of this stuff in paper form if you want to read it later? Yeah, absolutely. If they head to sonessence.com slash free meditones, they can grab themselves a free meditones track so they can actually listen to the track and feel it for themselves. And then they'll also get the benefits of meditones ebook as well. Oh, that is so good. But yeah. so you mentioned in that ebook, this conversation Mm -hmm. around neuroplasticity and Mm -hmm. it was the best description or I should say (laughs) I feel like it was the most convincing description I've seen yet Mm. of why meditation Mm -hmm. really does affect us in our waking hours so can you talk a little bit about how you described neuroplasticity and what is happening Mm -hmm. to our brains when we are meditating or listening to metatones and how that Mm -hmm. affects us in our daily lives? Mm, Absolutely. So the analogy that I like to use for neuroplasticity is imagine your brain is a large field of tall grass and across this field there are some well-worn pathways And there are some parts that are a bit sort of overgrown. And then there are parts that are just deep, thick, impenetrable grass that you wouldn't even want to go near. So if you wanted to get to the other side of the field, the easiest solution is to take the well-worn path. And the same is true for your brain. It's much easier and efficient for the brain to choose habitual responses which is why it's why sometimes we feel 
you know, very, very stuck in habits or stressful responses and we find it difficult to let go of them. It's because your brain is so used to using that pathway. And so if you can, I suppose, maybe this isn't the right word, but if you can wrangle the brain to start using relaxed neural pathways, start forming those relaxed pathways in the brain with meditones, over time, your brain is literally going to become thicker and stronger in those areas. And so you're using meditones to forge really well-worn paths in your brain that are relaxed. Yeah, this is the bit that I loved because you're saying like if stress or anxiety or all of those other things, if that Mm -hmm. is your default, if those are the paths Mm -hmm. that have been running through your brain, then by Mm -hmm. listening to the meditones, you create these new pathways through listening. Mm -hmm. It's like creating pathways that are supporting you and Mm -hmm. keeping you grounded more than the stressed out ones, right? And those are going to be easier for you to take in your waking hours because you started to lay the foundation for them during your meditation. I was like, finally, a really easy way to understand why meditation works for you in your waking hours because of it's yeah. creating these pathways in your brain. It's creating these yeah. calm pathways, which mm-hmm. is what we want to call on in our waking hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why I just love the transformational power of Meditones is it's accessible to so many people You don't need to undertake any kind of training. You don't need to sit through, you know, hours of practice. You don't need to have a mantra. And and I'm not saying those forms of meditation aren't beneficial. Of course they are. I love lots of different styles of meditation. And in fact, if you are a meditation practitioner or you are someone who has a, a particular style of meditation that you love, you can still put on the headphones and practice your form of meditation, whether it's transcendental meditation or Vipassana or whatever it is, and you can still use the meditones to deepen your practice. But what I love about it is that it doesn't matter who you are or what kind of state of being you're you're in, you can put the headphones on and meditones will make you calm. And I have to admit, Uh, when I was starting out meditation, the scariest thing was sitting in silence with myself. And there is something super refreshing and kind of feels like a safety net about knowing that there is a music track that is, that is leading you through that and not necessarily a guided meditation, but just a background to listen That's right. And that's why I don't sing lyrics. All of the vocalization that I do in the music um, is just, you know, is oohs and ahs and those sorts of things, because I want to just create a soundtrack to people's experience. And I don't necessarily want to shape it in any way other than giving them a really blissful experience. And so that's why when I write the music, I'm really thinking about, you know, how do I want someone to feel when they're listening to this? And how can I create that sonic experience for them. 
I love the way you say oohs and ahs when it sounds anything like an ooh or an ah when you're listening to the actual track. It's like so much more like amazing than an ooh or an ah. Like I said, it was your your voice is so perfectly blended through the track that it just feels seamless. Do you know, oh, I was reading you. some of your reviews before we jumped on here because there are some amazing reviews about Tali's meditations or meditones, I should say, and um, cracked up because one of them I felt like I should have written myself because I have had the exact same thought. And really? it might sound super cheesy, but one of the people who reviewed you said, I'm pretty sure when I die and go to heaven, this is the soundtrack that's going to be playing. And I have <laughs> legitimately had that thought, like, you know what, when I take that final breath, I'm this is, this is what heaven sounds like, right? Like heaven oh. definitely sounds like this. And I was saying to Tali before we jumped on the call, my favorite track of Tali's to date, I, it's because I've got addicted to it. And so I've got other ones, but I still keep coming back to it, is her <laughs> floating track. So if you go over and have a look on her website, the one I'm referring to that sounds like, I think this is what it sounds like when you go to heaven, is mm-hmm. uh, the floating track, which just still blows my mind. I, I meditate to that several times a week. Wow. Thank you. That truly, that just means the world to me. Thank you so much. I'm just so thrilled to hear that you love it so much and that it creates such a beautiful space for you. So I do want to ask you though, Tali, if there was one thing that you could leave with our listeners today, what would it be? You're not alone. Oh. Yep. Just you're not alone. You're not alone in your anxiety. You're not alone in your loneliness. You're not alone in your grief or despair or frustration or anger or anything that you are feeling. And it's possible to transform that experience in a heartbeat. I hope you're as mind blown as I am by all of the concepts that we discussed there and how moved you are by Tali's story, which was just so real about how finding our way and finding our path isn't always super simple and it's not always a straight line. Now, as we discussed, you can find Tali and her awesome freebie pack, which includes the amazing ebook, which has some of the concepts we discussed here in a written form that you can refer back to time and time again as well as her free Meditone tracks over at her website, which is sonessence.com, S-O-N-E-S-E-N-C-E.com. You can also find her over at Instagram at sonessence underscore music and on Facebook at sonessence. I'm so grateful that I stumbled upon Tali one day and I hope that you're also grateful that you found her now too. Stay tuned to hear my favorite track of hers called Floating. Tali generously said I could play you a part of it. If you enjoy Here to Thrive, it really does mean so much to me to read your reviews in iTunes. Man, they make my heart sing. And thank you so much for those of you that have been leaving them lately. I read everyone and I appreciate you greatly. And I love how many of you have been telling me that you're sharing this podcast with your friends. Wow, that touches my heart. My dream for starting this podcast was 
just to put a drop of hope and positivity back into the world. And your comments tell me that that has happened. And wow, that makes my heart sing. So thank you for being here and for tuning in each week. And until I'm back again next week, keep it up. Keep thriving. Thank you.